Welcome to Rant Rave Wrestling, episode 49. I'm your host, Blake Short, and I'm joined this week by the double R superstar, Roy, the Roy Rowe. Hi again. And the unprofessional, Greg Oveson. I have no slogan for today. Our wrestling topics for this week include Kofi Kingston's return and another UFC star possibly coming to WWE before getting to our main event where Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, and NXT square off in a three-round debate for brand supremacy. But first, tell me a little bit about your week and what you guys have been up to. Who wants to get started? Um, I'll go first. I only had one major thing happen to me, um, and that is that I put a ton of work in this week. I mean, I was clicking. I was scrolling. I was adding to cart like a madman. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen, your boy secured a pre-order for the PlayStation 5. The disappointment on Greg's face. Look, I went to every website. I did everything Roy did. Roy even said it was live on Amazon like three minutes before midnight. So I'm like, what the hell? I'm sitting there literally waiting until midnight, refreshing and nothing. You clicked that link when I sent it? I clicked that link. Had you known that the stock at Amazon was there prior to the link? No. So then you didn't do everything that Roy did. Okay. Look, I sat on Best Buy's website with with it in my car. You didn't get it done. I kept clicking. It finally took me to the page too. for the I customer. Too. It took me to the page for the customer information. Put in all my information. Kept yep. clicking, kept clicking, kept clicking. Would not take me to the checkout. It takes me to the checkout and goes, sorry, this item is no longer available. After sat in my cart, I kid you not, I kept trying and trying for a good two hours with this <laughs> this in my cart. And it said, don't worry, this item holds your place or something like that. Like this, whatever it said. But then when I get there, it's like, no, it's out. So, you know, the the next day I call, uh, or, or actually, I called GameStop right after all this happened. And they go, oh, yeah, we sold out in 15 minutes. So I called another GameStop. Oh, yeah, we sold out in about a half an hour. Called another GameStop. Yeah, we sold out in 15 minutes. I was like, what in the world? Got a hold of one of my friends that works at GameStop. She said um, they weren't supposed to start until Thursday, like they said. Uh, But they got a call from their district manager saying, just go ahead and start taking pre-orders. Apparently, a bunch of these companies got greedy. And instead of listening to Sony, they did their own thing. Pissed off a lot of people, including myself. What's weird to me is... So they're all they're all rushing to be first to market with it. Is it not clear that this you were going to sell through your stock? Was it really necessary to get ahead? Right. In that way, like you're going to sell through your SKUs of the PlayStation Five, I'm sure. So I I thought that was weird. What competitive edge are they getting here? Even if every other retailer had did it previously the night before, guaranteed if you just wait until the next day, you're still selling out in minutes. Right. You're allotted a certain amount to presale, no matter what. So it doesn't matter if you're given ten presales. That's 10 pre-sales. It doesn't matter if you sell it on Wednesday or you sell it on Thursday. And it's going to sell is my point. Like, right, it's going right. It's sell yeah. out as soon as you announce the pre-orders. So I thought that was weird. I didn't really know what they were trying to get ahead of there. From what I'm understanding, uh, and it's it's floating around in a lot of places, uh, this Tuesday Walmart is supposed to release more pre-orders. Um, hoping that's true. Um, hoping I can get on there because I've also noticed that Walmart is offering, uh, it's like a... $135 a month for four months to pay it off. I'll have it paid off before that, but it just works out a little better for me to just put a hundred and some down now and then pay it off. Um, but I mean, we're essentially a little over a month away from this thing and I don't know what day one's going to look like. I don't know how many extra systems each place is getting. We're hearing from Sony that uh, there's going to be more availability than the PS4 on day one. I don't know how true that is. I know I had to wait till 
uh, around Christmas to get my my PS4 uh, just because I couldn't get it anywhere. I don't mind waiting an extra month if that's the case. I ju- it just sucks that th- I, this is probably the, the system I was looking forward to the most. Uh, it's just there's so much hype behind the system, and I really hope it doesn't disappoint at the end of the day. But I think you could probably secure one uh, one launch day if you're willing to do walk-ins. Well, yeah, you yeah. probably have to camp out somewhere. Oh, I, I fully plan on if I can't get a pre-order that I'm I'm sitting outside. It doesn't matter if it's three four hours before the store opens. I'm sitting outside and getting a system. Nice. Um, that. That's that's how I feel about this one. The other ones, I was fine. Like, yeah, I looked for it day one, but I was fine getting it later. It didn't bother me. Uh, this one, no, I wanted day one. Um, especially with some of the day one launch titles and stuff. Like, I, I like Fortnite, baby, bro. I want to play. <laughs> I want to play this so bad. Um. But as far as my week goes and that part of the disappointment, were you finished with your week? I was. was that, okay. Um, other than that disappointment, I had, I've, I've actually had a pretty good week minus one day where I went through a lot of anxiety and just had a really bad day. Like my stomach was just constantly turning, just a constant feeling of throwing up. You guys obviously know what I've got going on right now. Um, again, that will be, uh, put out to the public eventually when it's taken care of. Um, but right now, uh, I dealt with that. Um, Harper, Rowan. All she wants to <laughs> bludgeon babies. Uh, all she wants to do is talk now. Like she is constantly, like all day, just like all day. Um, she, the other day, she was sitting in her little bouncer and she's smacking different things. I don't know what went through her head, but I watched it happen. Like I almost, it's like I almost watched her think about it and then go through with it. She cocks her head back and just smacks it right on what she's been smacking the whole time. And all I can think is, this child really just thought if I could smack it with my hand, I could smack it with my head. She hits her head and you hear "dunk," and she just immediately starts like crying. And I just looked at her and went, "You did that to yourself." And she immediately stopped crying and was like, like "You're right." She, she would let out a little like, eh. "I'm like, nope." And she would stop and laugh, and then, eh, nope. <laughs> I saw something on ridiculousness that reminded me of you the other day. This guy was on 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 conference call. He's in a suit, dressed real nice. Like it looks like some really important meeting. Uh, he's looks like he's in the bedroom. The door opens up, and this toddler walks in, maybe like uh, six years old. Starts walking in over towards the guy, and about three seconds later, a fucking baby in a one of those bouncy walker things comes walking through the door too. So I'm like, what the hell? This baby just followed this kid. Just in the door. bounced through. <laughs> and then I guess it was either his wife or maybe a babysitter came running through and is trying to grab the kids. And the guy, the whole time, he keeps closing his eyes like this. He's getting so mad, you can tell. And everybody sees it. And then as she gets to the door, because she's rushing, she's like, lean down, trying not to be seen. And she's dragging both kids out at the same time so they get stuck on the door. So then it looks, it doesn't look like the kids are, are having the greatest time. It was absolutely hilarious. I can I can see that happening. Um, uh, Thursday was, was upsetting. Uh, not because of the PlayStation as well. But I went out to Dash and literally got no orders that were worth taking. I was only supposed to Dash for two hours. Ended up wasting an hour with no orders and just went home. You know what I did Thursday? <laughs> What'd you do Thursday? Pre-ordered a PS5. Hey. No, you did that Wednesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Technically, it was still Wednesday because you did it before midnight. Yeah, that's true. Um, I was on top of it. Yeah. Other than that, uh, uh, Kim leaves tomorrow to go on a, a girl's trip with her family. Uh, she's taking Harper with her. 
it's going to be the first time in about two years that I've been multiple nights without Kim. Um, so that's party. Of obviously, grace. obviously Harper's a little more right now, just cause I haven't been without my baby at all. Um, but I'm going to miss both of them very much. And I'm going to have so much anxiety while she drives down to North Carolina with the baby in the car. Like, I don't know why it's just going to bother me for seven hours until they get there. So no party at Craig's. Can we not mention it on the podcast? Party at Craig's, okay. everybody. Come on over. Help us move some furniture. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I got a chest sitting by the computer desk. Apparently. You want to help me move it? Apparently. That's it. That's it. I, I know it kind of ruined that and hijacked it a little bit. My week's been very simple. I'm very happy because it's fall, ladies and gentlemen. It feels like 60, sometimes 50 in the morning. It's been fantastic. I don't know what it is about this type of weather. It just brings such a smile to my face. I love cool weather and the end of summer, the start of fall. We're here. That means football for me as well, which I love. I bring up probably every week. So I'm I'm very happy right now. I, I'm in that season where it's just it's everything that I want out of life. Um, as far as PS5, I did not put in any effort at all. I, I watched my friends struggle and go to try and click and go to websites and be told that it's out of stock or that the cart is empty, blah, blah, blah. I refuse to go through that pain. I've went through it for shoes in the past, and it I, I get to the point where I'm irate. So I don't want to do that. I was waiting for you to say, I went straight to the Sony warehouse and got one myself. No, I, I don't want to deal with any of that. Don't get me wrong. I want a PS5. I am starting to understand the fact that I'm probably not going to get it day one. I'm not camping out outside for a couple hours to get one. I don't mind waiting until Christmas or even waiting a couple months at this point. As you guys have known and has been said in this podcast, I'm just not gaming as much as everybody else right now. So let's be honest, if I got to wait a month or two, that's probably not that big of a deal for me at this point because I can completely understand the headache that you guys went through to get it or going through to try and get it because I've been there. These sites, they crash, the carts, you know what I mean? The, the issue with the carts, like I said, where it says you have one in cart, then it says they're out of stock. It's such a headache. I don't want to go through it. And that's about it for this week. So I think I saved myself the headache by not going through all that. And yes, I'm glad I did. A lot of people feel that same way, but for whatever reason, I have a lot of fun doing that. And I think it comes from when uh, Colby and I were amiibo hunting, and I got so used to that kind of thing. You you can do everything right, and just something stupid will screw you over. Whether it's the store has a limit of one, and the guy in front of you just bought ten because the cashier didn't care. Or they start lining people up, you know, everybody gets to the door and creates like a crowd. And you've been there for five hours, now you're at the back of the line. Stupid stuff like that. And we were getting up. Sometimes at like five in the morning to go out in front of places, dealing with the carts all the time. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily really expect that I was going to be able to secure one. But I mean, you're just you're just pulling down on your thumb repeatedly. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of people were like, I saw um, a lot of people like raging, which makes sense. I guess it's that would have been me. just the ones that didn't get their pre-orders or the ones that are upset, which makes sense. But yeah, there were some people that were really fucking losing it. Oh, don't get me wrong. It, it was upsetting, but I wasn't like, oh, God damn it. And okay. it, it ruined my week. It was just, I'll be honest, that night for a couple minutes, I was like, man, this really freaking sucks. I was, I was, dude, I was waiting, I was waiting, I was waiting. I held birthday money for God knows how long to do this. And then finally, I was like, okay, here it is. I was waiting for Thursday. Then I see a bunch of people go, or then I get an email from Best Buy saying, oh, go pre-order now. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 
like you said, tomorrow. So I hop on there, try it, went through what I went through. Try all the other outlets because I hear everywhere else is doing it, everywhere gone. So I was like, that's upsetting. Now I was told one day, but yet here we are. I'm thinking you guys will have more opportunities too. I don't know that for sure, obviously. I see a lot of people saying if you missed out, that's pretty much it till Christmas time. But I think there's going to be plenty more opportunities just on online pre-orders. Yeah. And like I said, the walk-ins. Well, even even Target. Uh, I went back into Target like right after we tried the Amazon. Got one in the cart. Got the checkout. Literally put in my information because it was, again, like a Walmart situation. Put in my information. Once I hit complete order, popped up and said, sorry, this item's now out of stock. And when you went to their website prior to that, it was saying this item is unavailable. Don't know when it'll be back in stock. Just happened to go to it because uh, I saw people saying Target. I think you actually mentioned it. Uh, someone's at Target or Best Buy put it back up. I saw that both Target and Best Buy put it back up and couldn't get through with either one of them. Well, the, the main issue is you're competing with bots. Uh, I know this from, from the shoe so, game and trying to resell shoes. Yes. People will yes. set up these bots. Even if they did it early, they can set up these bots for any time oh, to no, run and so, try and check out. Yes and no. Uh, I get that you're competing with bots because, yes, they can still secure one. But the way that that I mean, and obviously there's a workaround. You could set up multiple addresses or something. Yeah. But from what I understood, this whole thing was that it was literally limited to one, and you could it, if you put in an address that that it would pop up everywhere else that you can no longer pre-order one because that address was already in the system. So a little heads up. I that did that's nothing. A thing, but yeah, in the in those bots because I had I got a lot of knowledge trying to do shoe reselling last year in you those tried bots. To set up a bot. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I was looking at what I'm competing against, and they piece. set up multiple addresses. Whether it's a parent's house, a right. friend's house, they set up multiple credit cards. They know how to get around all that shit. That doesn't do anything. Yeah, the, they think it does. It, was it up doesn't. On eBay for like nine hundred dollars. Yes. Wait, who do you think yeah. was buying them? Of course. Well, there you go. eBay's an option. Do you have nine hundred? Yeah. Uh, not doing that. Okay. I even looked into getting like the seven hundred dollar bundles and shit. All gone. All gone. <laughs> yeah, they're reselling for about twelve hundred right now. Uh, I've seen Maybe ones more. on there for sixteen. No, the list my pre order bro for sixteen. All right, just buy it off of you, oh, man. For sixteen? <laughs> Not sixteen. No, well, that's the whole point. Just right? let me I'm buy it off. If I'm gonna sell it at retail price, what the hell is that gonna do for me? All right, that's enough friend. PS5 talk. Let's not disappoint Greg anymore and elate Roy any more than he already is by getting his. Let's get into some wrestling news for the week. Our first topic today. Dave Meltzer mentioned on Wrestling Observer Radio that he was told Paul Heyman being replaced could be bad news for Aleister Black and Andrade's pushes, and it appears that could be coming to fruition. I was under the impression Aleister Black had a solid chance to win not only the Royal Rumble, but Money in the Bank as well earlier this year. Have you guys lost hope in both of these men? And if so, what would you do differently moving forward? Who goes first? Either of you can go first. All right, I'm going to go first because... (laughs) Up until this point, Blake, I considered you to be a pretty intelligent man. And then I read your notes. I was under the impression Aleister Black had a solid chance to win not only the Royal Rumble, but Money in the Bank as well. That was your first mistake. The second mistake, you asked me, have you guys lost hope in both of these men? Yes! A long time ago. I... I, Aleister Black... I mean, they. I felt like they were going to do something at one point just recently, and I'm going to talk more about it later because that it's a talking point for me for the week. But no, I mean, he sat in a chair for a year and said, knock on my door, and you thought he was going to win the Royal Rumble? This man is a joke. So, 
He was supposed to win the Royal Rumble, to my defense. We've talked about we that don't in the know past. That for sure. This is something you read on the dirt sheets, okay? We, this was not confirmed. So He's Roy Roy has a hatred for Alistair Black, and he has from the start. So I knew this may go this direction. It was very clear that he had a very good chance to win Royal Rumble, and I think one of us had predicted it, if not two of us had it predicted like, it. It looked like he got his ass beat. During Money in the Bank, we definitely talked about Aleister Black perhaps being the one to win. I think Greg and I both predicted him to win, and they went the route of Otis, which who knows how that's going right now. But, yeah, I, I've lost hope at this point. Did I, I even I have. to win that letter? No, I don't think you okay, did. Okay, good. I, I think out of hatred, you, you decided not to, and it worked out your way. Look, Andrade, I I liked Alistair a little bit more than Andrade. Although I had and I some, like Andrade more interesting. I had some feelings for Andrade too, and I still do. I haven't quite lost it for Andrade, but Alistair it's gone. I've lost it for Andrade. Um, too. I, I'm I'm there. I'm close. I'm I, I'm still trying to give him a chance, but I can tell it's not going anywhere. That's where I'm at with Andrade. Alistair, I know it's not going anywhere. I don't know what's up with the eye patch slash wrap slash a take it all. I don't know what's going on there. I'm not really sure what the <laughs> angle is. It's like his eyes bother, but it's not. I, I'm confused. I I wish Alistair would have gotten a push. I think he's an extremely talented wrestler, and I know Roy can counteract that by saying there are a lot of those in WWE. But he is somebody that I did enjoy, especially in NXT. And I'm sad that they're at, they're at where they're at right now. So I I did enjoy. Actually, I was enjoying both of these guys. I'll tell you where it went south for Andrade. It's when they they did what they typically do, and they used a tag team division to bring in a singles feud. Um, after what we saw this week, I'm pretty sure it's you know the Angel Garza and, and Andrade thing is just going to be moving forward. But that just got old to me watching them fight the same guys every week over and over for pretty much the same results. They'd lose three times and then they'd get a win. They'd lose three times and they'd get a win. Um, that's where that one went south for Andrade. As for Alistair Mysterio, um, why are you looking at me like that? The eye patch? You understand? Yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, I'm listening I did, intently. I did think that that I did think he was winning the ladder match or the Money in the Bank ladder match, and it. I'm not upset that he didn't, um, but I pretty much felt that when he didn't, that was. That was going to be it. That's how I felt. Um, and the fact that he was like, you can throw me over the building, but I'm going to climb my way back up. When you make a statement like that, I actually almost thought, okay, he's really about to do that. And that kind of was like, really? Um, but, I mean, I don't care about a feud with Kevin Owens. I love KO, but I don't care about a feud with Kevin Owens. I don't care what you do in Raw Underground. I just, it's, he's... I loved him for a minute. Now it's just even even when he was tagging with Ricochet, I enjoyed him a lot. Um, but yeah, now I, I could care less about either now. Okay, Daniel Daniel Cormier or just Cormier Cormier Cormier. That's what I thought. Daniel Cormier told Sports Illustrated he's had very very early conversations about signing with WWE. The UFC legend wants to start as a commentator and build to an in ring feud with a big name, Greg. You have been pretty vocal about WWE bringing UFC stars in on this podcast in the past. Do you have any interest in Cormier joining WWE? All right. So I'm going to start this off by saying one of my absolute favorite UFC fighters was Daniel Cormier. Um, I Do I want to see him in WWE? I could care less. 
Uh, if he's going to start off as commentating and not just thrown out there as this big monster right away, then I'm okay with it. Because he's not just jumping in the ring and a business, like, I get it. He he does the UFC stuff. He does the, you know, the, the Muay Thai, whatever you want to call it, the different stuff that they use in MMA. Uh, so I get that he's he's going to have some type of wrestling background, so he can most likely come in and do what needs to be done. But I don't want to see that immediately thrown down my throat. I don't want to see him run in, destroy somebody right off the bat just because he's a UFC fighter. I, I like the idea of, and especially if he's the one pitching this, I like the idea of starting off on commentating. That could bring a, maybe a different style to the commentating table. And then eventually build a feud. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, like I said, if, if he's just going to run in and start destroying people from day one, I don't give a shit. Roy, what do you think? Uh, I have no opinions on this. <laughs> I don't really know the guy that well. What I can tell you, my perspective on the outside, looking in at this, somebody who has no idea really about the guy, about his history, or anything like that, just complete outsider. To me, I've seen him tweet a few things, and then I see the very, very early talks. In my head, it paints this picture of he did like a what's up nod to like somebody in WWE, and they did it back. I don't know. It keeps seeming like he's really just... He's trying to push. He's trying to push to make something happen that the other side maybe is not really that interested in. I just keep seeing him talk about it, and most of the time when something like this happens, I don't see the outside star constantly trying to tell me that they're trying to make it happen. Usually, it just happens. So I already kind of don't take him very seriously. Um, Greg, listen to what you said. It sounds like it would be really awesome to have him along, but right now he's kind of annoying me. And I'm pretty easy to annoy, so you know I won't I won't hold that against him. But that's where we're at. Yeah, I'm not the biggest UFC fan. I am familiar with him. He's kind of I'm trying to think of the best way to say this without being disrespectful. He's not the most intimidating guy. No, he's not. Um, just like looking at him on TV, I think that might hurt him a little bit with WWE um, because you typically. They are a little bit more intimidating when they come from UFC to WWE. Brock Lesnar, who's also Rouse, been out of the the cage for a while. Yeah, and like, again, he hasn't been in the cage for a few years, as far as unless something happened that I don't remember. I mean, he's got great accolades yeah. in there. I, I'm just saying, as someone who like on Roy's side who's not familiar with him, when they see him, I don't think they're going to be blown away. It's not some like huge no, big absolutely. guy. So that might hurt him a little bit when he comes in. I'm not really interested, to be honest. It's not him. It's just I've seen this story play out before. I've had enough of it. I don't really need any more of it. So now you're all on my side with the UFC thing. I was when you said it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I and and I kind of ate. I kind of bit my tongue when I was because when we were talking about this, it was the boxer and I I forget his name and I actually really enjoyed I can't him. Even think of his name right now either. We kind we shit on it. We didn't give him much of a chance and he was actually really good. I really enjoyed his personality and the things he did. And his name is escaping me now. It's really bothering mm-hmm. me, but. Uh, I, I, I hope he about, Tyson Fury. Yeah. yeah, I hope he comes back. I really enjoyed him. So maybe I'm wrong about Cormier too. We'll see. WrestleVotes said that one idea discussed for Kofi Kingston's return was putting him on Raw, away from Big E on SmackDown, but with New Day remaining intact and Xavier Woods managing both men. The idea was turned down, however. Roy, it seems they're struggling to find a way to keep the New Day together while giving Big E a singles run. Do you think it's finally time to split them up for a bit? Or do you have any other ideas in mind for the trio? I don't necessarily have anything in mind for them. And I also don't think it's time to split them up. 
Uh, I don't really understand what the issue would be on Creative Zen to figure something out here. They're not one person. They're three individual people. It's not hard to write uh, and just you can have these guys together backstage and stuff like that and still doing their matches. I don't understand why we have to work in absolutes of are they broken up? Are they together? Like you don't necessarily have to 100% identify and label everything to that degree. I understand that they are three separate people. And that they have different goals and that they can still be friends and they can still be a unit while accomplishing those goals. And I think that most people do. And maybe they're just not giving their fans enough credit there. I personally don't see this as a big issue. Um, I think they got a lot bigger things that they should be worrying about with these shows than something like this. That I just would never even be like a question for me. I agree. Uh, I don't I don't see how it's that hard to figure something out here. Um if we're going to go down the road of what was pitched, I would like to see something along the lines of Big E staying by himself and Xavier managing Kofi. And then, obviously, there's a feud somewhere in there. It doesn't have to be a feud between them. There doesn't have to be a bad breakup. Like Roy said, you can just separate these guys on their own singles runs. And then they can be backstage. They can be friends. They can be locker room mates. Different stuff like that. But don't you don't always have to have a feud when a team is split up. And you know, at first when I when I read about like the Xavier Woods and the splitting them up between the two brands, initially I felt like that was too much, but the more I thought about that, the more interesting that became to me. Um I believe it was Sammy who told us about the managerial license a few years back. So all Xavier Woods would have to do is apply for his managerial license if he doesn't have it already. And I do like the idea of they're trying to split us up, but we're stronger than ever. We'll continue to do what we're doing. We're just hanging out with them both. But in particularly, what really would be cool is, so they're on their separate paths week to week. But every time we get to these pay-per-views, we would be able to see them together again, talking about what they're doing in the time. It would be great if we eventually got to a pay-per-view where uh, Big E and Kofi are in the same room, both wearing gold. I think that would be a really cool moment. I think this is actually a good idea. I would have been on board with this because it does seem like they're struggling. It's weird. WWE has this thing where when they have a group together, like Roy said, they just can't seem to find a path for more than one. There's always a focus on one member of the group, and the others are usually there to take a loss or they're just there as as lackeys. And that's what we've seen over and over again. It's just weird to me that they can't find a way to have them be together, yet all of them have an avenue for success. Whether it's the, the only time I've really seen that was with the Shield. I think that's the last time I can remember a group being mm-hmm. together and they all had their avenue of success. Two were tag team champions and one was the US champ. I don't see why they can't do that with the New Day. However, I'm going to be honest. I think I'm at the point where I'm okay with them breaking up. I, I think I'm going to regret it when it happens. I'm going to miss them together. But they've just done so much for so long. And I'm just watching WWE struggle to really find their way with these guys on their own. I I, I think it's time. I I think it's time, and I'm ready for it if they go that path. I would prefer this path that they brought up. I think that would have been a great idea. And what Roy said, come together during the pay-per-views to where it's almost we still have New Day, but not week to week. And it may even be refreshing. But if they broke up, I I could live with it now. I'm at that point. Yeah, definitely. Breaking up in terms of them having their own individual success is what I would like to see. And when I talk about the labels and stuff, 
I just I don't need a, any kind of segment where they sit there and they say this is the end of the new day. This is that does not line up with their philosophy, their lifestyle, their real life friends. They've built all this together. No way I buy that they're going to say this is the end of the. They will always be the new day. So I just I don't need that kind of finality to it. I don't need it to be labeled in that way. Let them just say we are ready to get some some success outside of the tag division. We feel like we've done everything that we can, and we want to do something else. But they can still be friends. They can still be the new day, whether that's on the same brand or not. Whether they're interacting every week or not. I just don't. I don't need an official. Hey, this is it. That's how I feel. I don't need an elaborate breakup where we have a feud between Kofi Especially and Biggie. Especially not a feud. That is the yes. worst route. Exactly. That is the most annoying route they could possibly go. That is by far the worst route. I don't need to see that. I don't even believe that after all this time that believe that's how that. it would go down. I don't need it. I think you've had them break up almost quietly. Kofi just comes back. He's been out for a few weeks. Kofi does his own thing. They can acknowledge each other in the back still. They can still have that friendship. But it's just not, we're out together every time. Big yeah. E take, takes care of business. Kofi takes care of business. When Xavier comes back, he does the same. I'm ready for that. I don't that. think I Xavier's coming back to wrestle. I don't know. I, I just don't, I, I don't know. That would be speculation on my part. I know what happened, and that's a serious injury. Yeah. Who knows? Um, even if Xavier comes back and he manages both, then I'm fine with that too. I, there, there are different avenues that they can explore here. They just need to be creative. Uh, the last topic I have for you guys, Roy actually brought this to my attention on our group chat, and I thought it was something worth talking about this week. And it's that Kurt Angle was quoted as saying that he was offered a job managing Matt Riddle a few months ago, but turned it down. I personally think this could have provided some hilarious content for WWE and could have been a huge boost for Riddle. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Roy, I guess I'll let you get started since you brought it up. The the interactions, the potential for the interactions between the two are limitless. I don't know how I feel exactly about Matt Riddle having a manager. Uh, just something about somebody being out there with him at ringside every week doesn't really work for me. Maybe just more of a mental role because, I mean, I, you know, like Kurt Angle is, he's this really, uh, he was like this really clean-cut, goody-two-shoe kind of character. And so WWE can't push it too far, but, I mean, they do the, they do hints here and there that, uh, I mean, what's, Matt Riddle has a substance abuse problem sometimes, it seems, right? Okay. I'm, I'm trying to be as, as subtle as them, but I, I'm, not, I'm not quite as creative with that. Um, I just think it would be great for Kurt to kind of lecture him on that and be like, hey, do you know what you're doing when you do this? And then maybe a few weeks later, again, they, you, you probably can't do this with WWE, but I would just love to see the two of them in like a smoky room and Kurt Angle's like super chilled out and he's drinking his milk. I just think the the potential for their interactions, like I said, is limitless. Uh, I just, I, for me personally, Matt Riddle would be a champion pretty quickly. He is somebody that I would go 100% in on. And managers are often just a distraction from that. So that's why I don't really want to see him at ringside. Uh, But yeah, the pairing would be hilarious. I love the idea of a mentorship role over a manager because I, We've seen that so many times, like you said, the manager typically, it just, it doesn't seem to work, honestly. Lately, I see somebody have a manager and they're just not that successful. So I, I would love to see these two pair together though, because I, as soon as I saw this, I was thinking of the interactions between the two, whether it's like Roy said, in a smoky room, those two and Kurt, they're such different personalities, yet they have similarities too. It's weird. You can yeah. weave them together because you look at the, 
their their backgrounds. Even though they're different, you feel like they'd be best yeah, friends. Yeah, you feel like it would be a partnership that it's two completely separate personalities, but they have the same interests and their wrestling abilities combined. So it would have been really fun to watch those two. I could just I could see Kurt Angle being serious and pitching a serious conversation, almost talking wrestling with Riddle, and him just going, "Bro, I got this," or so you know something like that. I could also see Riddle being ridiculous. And Kurt Angle went, what are you talking about, dude? I I think this would have been a lot of fun. I wish Kurt would have accepted it. Greg, what do you think? You guys pretty much touched on everything. I'm not going to add much more to it. Uh, I like the idea of a mentor role over a managerial role. Um, other than that, there's not much more to say than what you guys have already hit, hit it on. So, hit on. All right. Let's get into this week's <laughs> main event. This week's rotation is Bagur. That's Blake, Greg, and Roy. And my number one rant for this week goes to NXT. And it's going to be Tommaso Ciampa with another enhancement match to set up a rematch with Jake Atlas. And that's all I'm going to say. I I have nothing more to add to that uh, other than you just squashed this guy two weeks ago. He comes back and all of a sudden he's going to be this different person. If, if Tommaso doesn't squash him again... That is going to knock Tommaso down a few pegs for a lot of people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I mean, I bring it up. It's it's not the biggest talking point, but it it sucks. I I feel like it brought him back. It was a change of character, and I was okay with the enhancement match the first time. Then it was a title match. Now back to enhancement match. It's yeah, it a seesaw, no and it it's boring. Honestly, it's it's very boring. So I'm I'm losing faith in what we're gonna do with Champa moving forward. I didn't see your paper at all, bro. I said to keep score because you had mentioned last time we had I, gotten through I like it. two I rounds. Have, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Here. So I know what we, mine is. We got yes. we got through two rounds, and you, you had to remember. Just stuff. for context, Greg <laughs> showed me his book. And I didn't know what the hell he was trying to show me. I can't read barely at all as it is. My eyes are bad. I couldn't see anything in the book. And then it just completely threw me off at that <laughs> he wrote, point. He wrote keep score on there to try and help Blake remember to keep the score. <laughs> And so after he sat the book down, I'm like, what did he just say to Blake? And I thought it said, keep slope. So then I'm trying to figure out what that means. Like, why did he just tell him to keep slope? But yeah, I, I was prepared and I had it ready. Okay. But thank you. All right. My uh, my number one is actually going to go to NXT2. And it's going to be their video package giving me hype matches for the next week. I'm sick of it. Quit. Quit. <laughs> I'm telling you. Look, wow, dude, what the hell? Because each week. They do this every couple weeks, and they say tune in because we got these two extremely big matches. You know, you don't want to miss out. And then they end up being absolutely terrible. I'll give you that. He's right. He's right. So I'm so tired of getting hype with these packages, and then nothing. And not even necessarily terrible. It's that they'll advertise this big match that you won't get a conclusion to because that match really was only there designed to set up the next match. Right. Like, you have this over-the-top women's battle royal. Okay, that has the potential to be good. But what kind of screwy thing is going to happen? Rhea Ripley and Raquel Raquel Gonzalez are going to end up eliminating each other at the same time. Then we're going to have a singles match to see who's really it. After we just watched these two have a singles match in a cage. Then you have, what, the the five-way elimination gauntlet match or whatever Regal called it. Again, it's another match with a long-ass title that I don't give a shit about. Gauntlet elimination or eliminator? Can we just... Something like that. Can we just give NXT a full-on rant for the rest of the round here? I don't know what you've got next, but they've been bad, in my opinion. They've been horrible. I'm at the point, to be honest with you, 
I put it on and I just do something else and I try and pay attention to the podcast. And I used to love NXT, but ever since they went live, it's just been not very good. So with NXT, I often forget that it even comes on because I'm so focused on AEW. Uh, now, I agree a lot of a lot of NXT has been, most of NXT has been unwatchable for me. But I did see a lot of moving pieces on NXT this week that I, I felt like they're really positioning themselves well for the next few weeks. I'm finally starting to see some new characters, some new ideas, some new feuds, some new matches. People like uh, Jake Atlas coming out. Um, there was somebody else, Kushida came out, you know, you're starting to see a little bit more momentum from some newer people. And I, th- I think, uh, maybe in a month or two, we'll be back in a good place, but you're right right now. It's a bit of a, that's struggle. a great point. The problem is I am seeing that too. I don't have interest in any of them. And, and I, I think I'm at a point right now where, the, where NXT is the wrestlers that are up next. I don't really care much about right now. And that sucks. You know, I've never really been in that position. I'm also in a position with NXT where they have a lot of guys that I think need to get out of NXT that I'm seeing way too much of. So, like, they can't win for me right now because the the next tier up, I'm not really interested that much in. There's a couple of guys, a handful. And the guys like Gargano, Champa, Cole, I'm like, I don't know what more you can give me for these guys. So, I'm just in a rough spot with NXT. And I, I, hope, it, I hope it gets better. But, you know, we'll see. Well, I don't have a NXT rant for you. I did have Tommaso on there, if that makes you feel any that better. That makes you feel better. Um, mine is going to go, and you guys can feel free to disagree. I won't argue with you if you do, because I don't I don't even truly know. But my number one rant is Kevin Owens versus Aleister Black this week. Now, here's why I wouldn't argue with you. I fast-forwarded the entire match. The reason being... Because I had watched them both get their ass beat last week. They both had this whole thing where they're so angry at each other. Aleister Black suddenly is a crazy person that hates Kevin Owens for no reason. And they build up their fight like it's two badasses are going to go at it. But ultimately, all of that was only designed to put the next guy over and Raw Underground. And so when we get to Raw the next week and you say, here are the two ultimate losers going at it. I'm not watching that shit. That's fair. Thank you. I have nothing more to add to that one. My number one rave for this week's going to AEW and his best friends defeating Pap in a parking lot brawl slash street fight. Trent through the car window. Man, I cringed on that spot. We've seen a lot of spots where somebody's dropped on a car, even as recently as Big E with Sheamus. I thought that was impactful, but boy, this one beat that one out quickly. He hit that window and I, I just, I tensed up. I was like, that looks really painful. AW is doing some really dangerous spots. I think it's going to cost them at some point. I really do. I mean, it's great for me to watch, yeah. but I am getting to the point where I'm starting to worry for them on some of these spots that they're doing. And I think somebody is going to get seriously hurt, and they're going to they're going to pull back on some of these spots. I think eventually, Orange Cassidy popping out of a trunk, beautiful, perfect, loved it. I love that. Despite this match being for best friends. Really, Orange Cassidy came out as a star for me. And that's what I want to see. He he got he got the one-up on Jericho in that feud. I was worried that we wouldn't really get much out of that. And it felt like somehow in this match where he wasn't even supposed to be in the match, he was the guy who looked the best. And I was okay with that. I liked that a lot. I have a feeling this would have been the first rave of the night, no matter who went first. Yeah. This match was absolutely phenomenal. Totally brutal. And it reminded me of playing the old SmackDown versus Raw games. 
where you would just Irish whip everybody into every car you saw to see if it had any kind of interaction. And that's what they were doing. It was just so much happening. And Blake, you didn't mention the best part, which for me was when they got in that van at the end and then she gave them the middle finger. So I specifically left that out, assuming that somebody may just rave on that alone because we all love Sue here. So that was intentional. But now that it's brought up, amazing. Yes. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, it, it, like Blake said, the, the windshield part, I cringed and I was like, I was thinking to myself, we don't really see anybody get thrown into a window anymore without like a shirt or something on. So there's not really there's not really the glass in the back and stuff. So even though it looked like it sucked, I was like, I wasn't thinking about the glass in the back. And then when he sat up, I was like, holy shit. Then he he got slammed repeatedly on the concrete with this glass in his back to the point that he left concrete with puddles of blood. It was insane. Um, Orange, like you said, Orange Cassidy coming out hitting the Superman punch with the chain. Every part of this was awesome. Um, there's one thing I want to ask because it was a theme this week. Why is it that every time there's like a p- parking lot brawl or a backstage brawl or whatever the case, there's always a set of steel pipes that have to fall and hit the ground? Has anyone else noticed this? There's always a group of steel pipes set up. Well, it's just like the random empty cardboard boxes that are always there for somebody yeah. to tackle and into. It's, you always have to hear these things fall and hit the ground. And they're like hollow. So it's like do, 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 every single time. But it's in every one of those matches. Uh, when Tommaso attacked uh, um, Atlas, there was three just randomly set up against the freaking uh, the semi that was right there. When... Uh, when Keith Lee and Drew went at it, there was like a group of them sitting right next to the box that Drew was thrown into. Uh, there was a couple set up against a truck in the in the parking lot match. I don't know why that's a thing, but I picked up on that this week. Um, but my number one rave, uh, you know, and it's going to be tough from here on out because that was my number one. To be honest with you, I had one of those weeks where it was just ant to me. I wasn't really on one side or the other. Uh, I know I have more raves than rants, but... Everything was kind of the same. I'm going to go ahead and give it to SmackDown. Um, and I'm actually going to give it to Big E. The, the comeback, uh, I know that Sheamus got away from it, but the fact that Big E took everything out on the guy that set him up, um, I think this is what we need. This is what we need to see from Big E. We need to see that other side of him. He's got that positivity side. We need to see Big E get pissed off. We need to know that he can get pissed off and he's going to do what he needs to do to get after somebody that screwed him over. Um Doing everything to the to to this security guard air quote uh, that set him up a couple weeks ago, uh, I loved it. The fact that this guy took a, a windshield bump, like all of that, and like I said, I just love seeing this mean streak of of Big E pissed off and, and doing what he needs to do. I've got a confession to make because I felt like a dumbass, but originally the security guard comes up to Sheamus. He's like, "They're towing your vehicle," and I'm like, "This is a setup." And my brain went to, why did this security guard set up both Biggie and Sheamus? Whose side is he really on? Is he just getting paid by both of these men? And then it finally clicked, and I felt really stupid that Biggie just acted like the car was getting towed. And I was like, why did I think that? That was really stupid. <laughs> this this was a great showing for Big E. Initially, I was going to write this down on the rant side because of the start of it. Because constantly with WWE, I see that week to week, they'll just copy and paste the same thing and tweak the ending so for example if two wrestlers play 
Uno. <laughs> and the one guy ends with a draw four. The next week, his opponent's ending with a draw four. It's always the same exact thing, but re- but reversed. Or in this case, draw forward. Um, so when it initially started off with that, and he comes out, Big E does the stupid little slow turn. I didn't enjoy that. It was supposed to be dramatic. It was cringy. But afterwards, everything he did after that is what made it definitely a rave. And I know for weeks we kept saying we wanted to see a more serious Big E. Now I'm not so sure because he's going to catch a murder charge. (laughs) And I don't know if you guys caught it, but he was yelling at the guy when he was beating him up. I'm going to call you Terry. Larry. He said, I "I don't know your name. I'm going to call you Larry. He said, how you like it, Larry? And he started kicking him. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, Mine, is it my turn for rave? It is. Mine, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm happy that it made it to me, is the Hurt Business at the end of Monday Night Raw. This was such a hype moment for me. I absolutely loved it. At first, so some of the flaws that I saw at first, I was thinking, well, why would so many of them just run into a group like that? Like, you're clearly going to get your ass kicked. And I was thinking, I was like, no, because how often do I see one wrestler take out people with just a punch? So maybe they did think, you know, and maybe it shows that retribution is to be taken a little bit more seriously, even though they were greatly outnumbered. And I loved it. MVP, always always the showman. He was at ringside. He decided, no, we're, I'm going to walk backstage. We're going to get our suits nice and set. We're going to let uh, we're gonna like Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre get beat up for a little while, and then we'll make our big entrance. I thought that was great. And just them walking down the ramp. And this is something that you don't traditionally see from a heel on WWE, where they get that kind of feel-good moment like that. And it's something I would love to see more of. Because definitely, like I was, I was so excited. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, it to me, it was it was like I said just about Big E. It's like we got another side of her business. It's like okay, yeah, they they do what they need to do to take care of business, but they're also not going to let this group come in and try to run ramp shot on their whole their whole industry. You know, this is still the company they work for. This is still the business they love. Um, their views may not be the same as others, but they're still not going to let this group come in and just destroy what they love. Can I just say, for me, I don't think that's what it was about. I think MVP saw it was about the paycheck. He wanted to make some money. <laughs> it was about the paycheck. That was going to be my point. I, it I started with that. that. Greg likes but to see the best in me. I do. I do. It started with that, and I, I thought it was so great because her business when. When they're talking, when he's talking to Pierce, I'm like, that's weird that they would just volunteer. And he yeah. uses the word. He, he goes, volunteer. volunteer. It's like, we'll be sending, we'll be sending <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And I'm like, that's awesome. Like that makes so much sense for her business because yeah. they, they got these fly suits on. They want to get paid. They're about cash. What a perfect opportunity to get paid. They see the securities awful. I talk about WWE security every week, how God awful they are. They're like, these guys are trash. We know it. We're about to get paid and do this for them. And, WWE is a rare moment where everybody in here looked good to me. I think Keith Lee and McIntyre looked great at the end. They they had their spot to finish it off. Retribution looked good because they didn't just get their ass kicked by Hurt Business. And Hurt Business looked great because they came out. They see 20 members of Retribution and go, okay, we're going to get this done. They had their suits on. They were, they were ready to go. I just... When the show ended, I was really impressed by how, how everybody looked to finish the show. And this was actually my number two rave of the week. And I was hoping it would slide to me, but I knew it wouldn't. My next rant this week is going to AEW. And it's going to be MJF with a quick enhancement match and a ton of excuses on the mic. <laughs> and that's it. I, he, no is, he is your undefeated, <laughs> undisputed, uncrowned 
AEW World Champion. So here's what I want to ask. It's okay when Bianca Belair does this shit, right? <laughs> like, the difference between Bianca Belair and MJF is that with Bianca, I actually like her. <laughs> MJF is doing a fantastic job of making me really dislike him. I'll give him props for that. But he's going to get a lot of rants out of me because I just don't like him. <laughs> All right. My next one's going to go over to NXT again. And it's going to be Brazango and Imperium in the, the tag team match. We've seen it already. It had the same ending. And to be honest with you, I think this match was just very sloppy. Um, it didn't it didn't flow very well for me, and I could have cared less who won. As much as I love Brizango, I really could have cared less who won this one. All right. My turn? Yes, it okay. is. Sorry. Your next rant, Roy. My next rant is going to go to Miro and Kip Sabian over on AEW. No. Really? Unfortunately. And I'm going to go against it. This is weird. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus... Hooray! I'm so curious to hear what you got to say here. The segment was not bad. Now, this was what I was the most excited for all week long. Uh, you have formerly Rusev, who the fans wanted so much out of, and WWE refused to give it to us. And that's why he's got this popularity that he has now. He came out. He was there. He was, the, he was a major talking point. We were excited to see what was next. And I almost would have rather you just do... No, I'm not going to say that. But it's almost as if they just did nothing. They didn't capitalize on that. They cooled it off already. Instead of... Uh, you could have done... We're headed towards like some wedding promos and stuff. We should have jumped right into that. Just this awkward promo of them working out in Penelope Ford in the background. While it wasn't bad, it just did not capitalize on bringing Miro into AEW. And in fact... Brought the hype levels down just a little bit. I'm still excited, but like I said, it was the thing that I was most looking forward to all week. And there was no real follow-up to it. Nothing was done with it. Okay, so I think your excitement for it did you in here. But you have a good point. I, I didn't think it died down. In fact, I was super excited to see them together and see the segment. I just had fun. You know, it, it wasn't the, the most amazing thing in the world. There's not much I can really do to like take take you and make this a rave, Greg. But I just had fun with it. I think they really got me with the Call of Duty reference. He said, you know, I, I, I didn't write the exact quote down, but he mentioned Verdansk. He's like, hopefully this is better than in Verdansk. And I guess because, again, we're mentioning Twitch and the gaming streams. I thought that was unique. I liked that. I just had fun with it. Mirror looks fantastic. So him on the way, bitch, was like, dude's a beast. And then I see Kip with him, and I'm like, I don't think Kip's doing <laughs> what he did on the bench. I get what you're saying, and it's weird even challenging it because I kind of agree with you to an extent, but I didn't feel the same way you did where I felt like there was an opportunity missed. I'm still anticipating a lot with them, and I had fun. And this is one you won't see me passionately argue with you on because I love that you enjoyed that, and that's what I want. And like I said, the segment was not bad. It was just very disappointing, and it left a lot to be desired. I don't feel like they they capitalized. Yeah, I think we definitely put Greg in a tough spot here. So I... I watched it. I didn't care for any. Like, I, it didn't bother me either way. Like, I just didn't care. Um, I, I had the same thoughts on both sides. I did actually have fun with the, the back and forth with Kip and Miro. But I thought the same thing of you give me this promo about how you're ready to just run through the company and just you are the best. And then you're being held back. You, you go, oh, I'm going to go out there and kick some ass. And he's like, no, 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 dude. We got we got to worry about this wedding first. 
And it's like, why? Why did you even bring him here? If you're not even going to give him a match, you're not going to let him do do something. Um, so I'm going to be honest. Through this, it's getting a rant um, because I did feel that way when when I saw it. But again, it didn't really weigh either way to me through the week because um, I did enjoy part of it, and then I had those thoughts. Um, and for that reason, with the thoughts of you specifically said that you're the best man, but you're going to let this guy hold you back right now. And I don't want to see Miro's first feud be Kip Sabian. You think that they're headed towards them two feuding? I don't know. I, I just don't I just don't want it to be a case where you have Miro think, I'm being held back because of this wedding. Yeah. And then he gets pissed off that he even agreed to it or or he feels like Kip is the one holding him back. I don't want that to be the feud. Um I want Miro to be out there destroying whoever whenever. And I want to cap it off too by saying it's still my most anticipated thing about next week. It's still what I'm most looking forward to in wrestling is what is next for Mira. Yeah, I so the way I see it right now, I, I don't want to rush to the wedding. I, I need to see more Kip and Miro for it to make sense to see what this partnership is about. So I was really okay. I actually preferred the way they did it when I when I sit when I really think about it, as you guys are talking about, I was I was thinking about it. What do I really want to see? And when I think about it, I don't really want to see it that quick. I, I kind of want to see this partnership build because I don't know yeah, much yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And it sounds like next week is the bachelor party, which sounds like a lot of fun. I, I'm interested to see that. And then eventually we get to the wedding. I'm okay with a slow build. I get what you guys are saying about him wrestling. I, I think I what, actually don't want to see him wrestle. Yet. Yeah, I think, I, I think segments are the right way to go. But imagine a, a situation where they're picking out wedding chairs or bouquets. Just anything yeah. better than this brief... It, this just felt like they're like shit. We got to get them on the show. It was like off course. They handed kinda. them a, a camera and said, "Do something." Yeah, it, it did feel a little off course when, when you mentioned that. I'm on the same boat as far as the wrestling, but Greg makes a good point too. He brought up the things that he's going to do and the wrestling. Maybe he shouldn't have done that in the first promo. Again, I think he was just trying to stick at the WWE yeah. with most of that promo, and it makes sense. But I would prefer to see this partnership grow and kind of see what more what it's about and, right. and learn more about it. My next rave for this week is going to SmackDown, and it's going to go to the end of SmackDown with Jay and Roman Reigns. When I tell you guys that I was on the edge of my seat hoping that Roman didn't attack Jay or do some sort of heel moment on Jay, because I think they've been so, like, they've just been on the right path with this, and they've done such a good job of making Roman feel human to me and not heel. And I was just waiting for it. I'm like, please don't, please don't hit Jay or spear him. I'm just not ready for that yet. I'm really enjoying what they've done between the two, and they didn't do it. The only thing that they gave me was a hug from Roman, kind of a playful Roman. And then at the end, you've seen the demeanor change when Jay started going up the ramp. Jay Uso has got to be one of the most annoying cousins in the world. And I think it's so perfect for this connection here because... He is obnoxious. Everybody has that family member. And everybody he, has one. He plays it to a T. And he has nailed it. So when Roman does finally get over Jay and gets annoyed with this, I will 100% feel Roman's pain and understand why he did it. But I just wanted to go on a little bit longer. It was great. I, I am really loving this feud. It's not even a feud right now. I'm loving what they're doing between the two. I'm having a lot of fun with it. This does boil down to 
Roman just being a complete asshole to him and disrespecting him. Will that, how will you feel about that? Because I felt the same thing and it was a moment where I was trying to, you know, the critic in me and the fan in me were at odds because mentally I'm thinking, don't do that. That's so stupid. Don't let them fight each other. Why do you always have to do that? But my heart is like wrenching and I'm like, please don't. And I'm trying to just appreciate that moment and say, this is what I'm supposed to be feeling. I'm supposed to feel that bond with these two and not want to see that. So in that regard, kudos to them. They did a great job there. They succeeded in not making in making me not want to see those two fight. The problem is they succeeded in making me not want to see those two fight. I really would like if at the end of this, they were a unit. The Usos and Roman. And I think that's what I want. A lot of people want that. And my concern is so, like, what was Roman's facial expression at the end? Which one? I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff to begin with because I can't imagine a scenario where something like that happens. Like, why were you just hugging him and like that? And then when he turned away and you say, well, because when they turn, but you're on live TV. So obviously somebody's going to tweet him or they're going to say, did you see the way your cousin looked at you? Like, the knowledge will be out there. I don't know. I thought that that particular part was weird, but obviously it's foreshadowing that Roman has some bad intentions, and I don't want to see it. I, you know what? I, so with the obnoxiousness of Jay, and it making sense, I I can live with it because I I can see it getting to a point where Roman's like enough. I have had enough of this, but I want to see the Usos and Roman together. I've called for it a long long while back. I think that's the perfect pairing for Roman. I think what they're doing is working very well because Jay has looked like a star lately to me. I thought that too. And if you can make him look like a star, yes, is he going to lose to Roman? But after that loss, I can still hold some of that star capability out of Jay. He Especially just lost some to somebody these, a little bit better. That he's had lately. Yeah, so if you can do that, then all of a sudden you've got a group on your hands that feels pretty strong. Mm-hmm. You've got a team in the Usos that's won how many tag team titles? I think seven? At least six. They've been very prominent tag teams. Um, and now you've got Jay starting to feel like more of a single star. Jimmy could feel the same way at some point. So you have a group there that makes sense and it works. And that's the direction I really prefer to see them go. And so as much as we hate the I respect you thing at the end of a match, this is when it makes the most sense. They're family, though. It works. Right. This is when it makes the most sense. Jay brings the fight. Yeah, Roman kicks his ass pretty much, but Jay still brings a fight. Roman respects that. Roman sees what what Jay has in him, tells Paul Heyman, go go tell him I want him by my side through this. And yeah, I would love to see the Usos a part of this. I think that it would be absolutely amazing. Like, uh, have them have the tag team titles with Roman as the champion? I feel like this is a stable that could dominate. And I'd have a lot of fun watching it. When, this, when they first set this up, I thought this is going to be a Roman Reigns squash. Now I'm starting, I'm kind of hoping that it's a decent match and a pretty good match. And Jay continues to look good. He just comes up short. And then at the end, Roman acknowledges like, holy shit, I didn't think you had that in you. Right. I started to see over time that maybe you had that in you. And it's kind of a fist bump, something like that. And they move forward. Then you can do whatever you want to do. But I don't know if we're going to get that. I also did really appreciate seeing they added they showed the photos of them like playing football and growing up and stuff like that. I had that separately as a read that video package. Always, and it still can be because I'm, I'm yeah. not I'm not talking about just specifically. I'm talking about the photos of them because yes, I know they're cousins, I know their family, but at the end of the day, to me, they're just characters on TV. 
And when they showed that, and I really started thinking about these two characters that I see interact weekly, they really have been in the same house together their their whole life playing video games, playing football, going to the same school, talking about girls. Like it's crazy to think how much history there is between the two of them. And I thought that this that added a lot to the feud. It did, and also just because they're cousins doesn't mean they're close. How many cousins do you have exactly. that you don't speak yeah, 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 yeah. to? So to see that and actually see the behind the scenes, and, exactly. and I'm just going to touch on it now and, and add it to it. To see that behind the scenes, to see they played football together, to see these photos, to see just the wrestling in the family and what each one has, the connection to that. And you just felt that bond, that bond grew even deeper for me seeing that video. It was so well done. All right, my uh, next rave is going to go to Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. Um, I would actually take this to the point of saying it's more Sami Zayn. Um, I, I love a heel Sami Zayn. Even if he doesn't get the job done, this man is amazing in the ring. He, he had the upper hand for most of the match. He, he was really just destroying AJ Styles for a while. Um, I, I, I have a lot of fun with heel, heel Sammy. I'm kind of upset everything happened and he had to go away for a little while. But I'm starting to really enjoy this this little feud they got going on of I'm the champion, no, I'm the champion. Um, but Sam, Sammy just looked really good in this match, especially against the AJ Styles. Uh, but I, I enjoyed watching both men last night during this match. All right, my next rave. And see, you know, sometimes being last really sucks. But sometimes it really benefits because there's so much stuff in the front that you have to give number one, like the parking lot brawl, stuff like that. And then it makes it so that more passion projects slip down to me because my next rave is Know Your Bro. I, I knew it. And I was like, Know Your I Bro is that, next. I knew that Blake was going to be upset about it. Uh, that's what we need to be seeing from Matt Riddle. That is what we need. This was the right direction. It was hilarious. And I hope that they capitalize on it. It was fantastic. <laughs> I I didn't know what the hell was going on at first. I, I had my eyes on the TV. I'm like, what? What is this? And and just the different front, the frown. But it's like everything looked the same. It's he like, said, yeah, he said you can convey any emotion with bro. And then by like the fourth one, I'm, <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, yeah. wow, he's really going in. Uh, but but you know, he yeah. he's right. You really can. He yeah. showed me that you can convey any emotion with bro. That's the Matt Riddle we need to see. I don't need to see Matt Riddle in enhancement matches. Give me some some of that personality. That's what he has. That's his strength. My final rant for this week is going to AEW, and it's going to go to Eddie Kingston. I I was on the wrong side last week, I believe, because I see where Gray was coming from this week. I was actually pretty annoyed with Eddie Kingston, I have to admit. It, I think it wasn't really just him. Okay, so let me break this down. Yeah. Eddie Kingston comes out. Break We've got this group. We're we're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do or what this group is. And and I think they've got some really good guys in it. And what do they do? They pull some choppers outside the ring and start beating them up. Is that supposed to make me take these guys seriously? I, no. It, it didn't do anything for any of them at all. Kingston brought up the top rope thing again, which I'm starting to get concerned he's going to bring that up every week. Yeah. I like that it was, the rules. it was subtle. It was the last thing he said last week, and it was more subtle. Now it's just, shit, I'm going to hear this every week until we get some, some finality out of it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't fun. Um, the ending that, to me, that was just like, why even add this was 
he he grabs the blade. He goes, "We're gonna get your house straight next." What does that even mean? I don't him know. And, him and Butcher didn't have an issue. Like I don't know what that means. I don't care to find out what it means. I think they're bringing somebody else in. That's what that meant, and I that is a little intriguing to me, just because I want to know. But I also don't think they've done enough for the rest of them yet to bring other people in. I don't so care about this. Like I, it, it left me going. I don't care what that means. I, I again, you know, yeah. I just anyway. I well, want. I want to care. I just. I don't think they're giving me enough to care. Right. That's the issue. All right, my final rant. Uh, I only had three this week, and I've got to touch each one of them. Like I said, wrestling was just meh to me altogether. It's going to be Mickey James and Oscar. This match absolutely sucked. This match was so slow paced, was so sloppy, and that's all I have to say about it. Roy? Uh, well, I didn't think the match was that bad, but my next rant is going to be to Raw in your face. Oh my God, yes. I don't know why it was in my face. I tried to Google it to see, and I didn't see any information there. They seem to say it a lot during the Kit Kat commercials, so I don't know if that has part of it. I don't understand why it was in my face, and I'm genuinely asking. Do you guys know? It wasn't even in my face. It was raw in your face. But why? What was that tagline for? I don't know. But so st- I didn't. I didn't miss something like. And super they need to stay obvious. out of our face right now. Okay, social distancing. If they're gonna get in my face, wear a mask. That's true. Raw back six <laughs> feet up. Yeah, come on, raw. It started on SmackDown when they were showing the next Raw, and and I saw it, and they're like in your face, and they show them like in your face. I'm like, what? I don't is understand. That? Why I don't. It was I don't in get it. Our face. I don't know. They need to get out of my face. <laughs> I'm not sure. I like that. Don't know what that's about. My final rave of the week is SmackDown. And Kalisto and Lince Dorado bickering amongst each other, trying to offer Grand Meta League advice during his match with Cesaro. Lucha House Party, I'm sold. I, I am in. I've been in for about a month or two now. And now they're giving them personality. And that's something they never had. They were just these guys in masks who brought out pinatas and danced around and lost. Now, so let me ask you, Blake. I rewinded to try and hear this. And since it, it's one of your raves, I'm thinking you may actually have heard it. When they were talking backstage, did he say, oh, yeah, how many good Lucha things have you seen? <laughs> I think that's what he said, referencing that horrible Kalisto promo. I tried to look it up after to see, and Kalisto was like, really? If that's what he said, that may have been the number one rave for the week. I couldn't see for sure. The audio dipped out a little bit. But like, if that was the case, that's hilarious. Look, I think they have done such a good job with these guys. For one, they never talked. Now they're talking, and they, they speak very fluid English, in my opinion. I don't know why they haven't let them talk to begin with. And Kalisto, I'm really starting to like Kalisto. Well, we know that Kalisto has it in him. We've seen a lot of times where we were impressed or surprised by yeah. Kalisto. Kalisto by himself, there were times where there was a cruiserweight reign there. I, that was probably more fantasy wrestling related that I enjoyed him. But he was good. They, they're they all talented. Grand Metalik, the king of the ropes. I, I've never seen anybody do some of the shit on the He looks so fluid on the ropes. Yeah. So the wrestling ability's always been there. They just never had the personality. Now we're seeing the personality, especially not much. We're not getting much from Grand Metalik. Maybe his English isn't as fluid as he's the other kinda two. Caught up, well, it seems like his place is that he's kind of caught up in the middle. Yeah, and he's it like, works. Guys, I'm trying to win a match. Why don't you shut up for two seconds? I love that they got ejected, both of them. Yes. I thought that was great. And then, and then of course, they're bickering the up, up, the, up the ramp. I I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun. And I'm at the point, I, I really want to see Lince versus Kalisto. I do. And I think I'd have fun with it. All right. All right. My final rave of the week is going to be on Raw. 
Each week when I find out that these two wrestlers are doing something together, I go, what more can they really give me? And then I get a cage match. And again, each week they deliver. No, I don't care that Dominic loses every damn time. It <laughs> it delivers. We're starting to get that little bit of a feud probably starting between Buddy and Seth um, with the accidental cage shot and then Seth just destroying him after the match. Uh, it just... I love the story that's going on here. I could care less about constantly hearing every week how much faith Ray has and how much he loves his son. We get it, Ray. We absolutely get it. I love my son, too. What is your issue with him loving his family it's not, and I don't son. care that he loves his family. It's the fact that he has to put it out there every single week. I love my family, too. I do. But I don't have to tell you every week with the same exact words. That's it. Stop putting a mic in front of Rey Mysterio. You probably should, because Kim listens to this podcast every week. I just said I love my family very much. Well, stop professing it every week on this podcast, because you told me that last week, Yeah, because Rey Mysterio pisses me (laughs) off, and I have to explain that I get it. He has to explain that he also loves his family, but he does not like that Rey loves his family. It's not that I don't like it. I don't like that I have to see it every week on television, that he loves his family. Anyway... That's it. That's all I have to say. The, you really love putting me in the doghouse, you <laughs> son of a bitch. The Ray and Seth stuff has been so interesting to me because my feelings every time as of late is, man, this has gone on way too long. This is boring, annoying, and repetitive. But by the end of everything, nine out of ten things that they do, I'm fine with it. I'm like, man, that was a lot of fun. So kudos to everybody involved in this. They're doing a great job. At, I mean, how long has this been going on? Sure, we've we've changed a few variables here and there, but the, the feud itself has been months it's now, It's been right? like three yeah. months. And I still, I'm not completely sick of it. Like I said, I, I do get week to week, and I'm like, we're doing this again, something else. But by the end of it, every time, I end up happy. It was on my... And, and that's why I said, like, each week I go, really, we're getting this again? What more can they do? And then it delivers. And did you notice uh, Ray's daughter checking on Murphy before getting yep, in the that's cage? That's what I'm saying. Yep. Do you think that's anything? Or was she just actually like, oh, God, is he okay? I think it is something. Um, because when you think about it, when... Uh, what was it? I Now I can't even think. I, I had it in my head and then it went on longer. You can't than even it. think. I can't. Um, but, oh, when, when Buddy was like conflicted about taking the eye... Like, uh, I think it was Alistair, um, mm-hmm. when he was just, like, really conflicted about it. I don't think Buddy, I think Buddy liked that he got picked up and helped, but I don't think he, he likes what he has to do to show that he has Seth's back or something. So, I can slowly see Buddy getting away from that, so I understand the being checked on. He's going to realize other people do care about him. It's not just that type of thing. He doesn't have to go through that bullshit to, to be liked or something. Um so I do think that there was something there. Can we just go full circle? Because you brought up Aleister Black and how Buddy <laughs> took his eye out. And I, it just struck me how stupid this character is. Because he's got this full-on hatred for Kevin Owens. Yet this man tried to take his eye out and successfully somewhat did. And he has completely ignored that. He's like, I ah, forget Buddy. Already, I hate Kevin Owens. They already fought forever. So so now so now he's just like, I'm going to destroy Kevin Owens. But this guy who tried to take my eye out, he's fine. I'm not going to deal with him anymore. What the hell is that? It don't make any sense. Two more things to add on to this. Some of Seth's best best work comes when he does not have the microphone in his hand. Because mm-hmm. there were two moments that, that had me rolling. 
One, when he slammed the cage in Murphy's face and said, how did it feel? How did it feel? <laughs> Hilarious. Then at the end, when he tells Ray that he did a great job with his son, hope she turns out better, and pointed to his daughter, I'm like, what an asshole. Absolutely hilarious. What was you guys' favorite show for this week before we get into honorable mentions? Can you let mentions? him get his last Oh, rave? shit. That's right. Your final rave. You that, are the worst host. I hate hosting. It threw me off so much that he just said that that I thought he had raved. Go ahead, Roy, with your final rave of the week. My final rave of the week is going to go to Zelina over on Raw. The moment where she broke apart from them and said, I am just tired of this high school drama with you guys. And it came at such a great time because she was already on most people's radar after that match with Bianca Belair. And then she kind of went back to doing her own thing. And it really is. Why am I dealing with this when I could be focusing on me and just trying to have my own success? And definitely the women's division needs that that little bit of a, a boost. I, the women's division highs are extremely high, but there's no depth. Um, so adding, adding some more characters into that, some people that are believable, I think will benefit everybody. And I'm excited to see what Zelina is going to do. Hopefully it's not just a squash match with Asuka because like I said, that, that match with Bianca really put her on my radar. Yeah. I like that Zelina has, has branched out of that, but I, I do dislike the fact that she's getting a title match. I, I, I've never been on board with the fact that you can just have no accolades whatsoever and just be like, you know what? I'm getting a title match yeah, that because stupid. I don't like you yeah. or I'm going to attack you. It, it it degrades the title after a while because anybody can get a shot. Zelina Vega seen having a conversation with Asuka. You got to imagine that puts her in contention yeah, for the it, women's it, championship. It's, so, it's just so weird the way they do that because eventually everyone has had a title shot and then you just it don't feel important anymore. So there's just no, nobody's earning it. It's just, yep, I want a title shot. At least Mickey James had made some sort of sense. She's had six title reigns. I can I can go, okay, well, you know, she's won this championship yeah. six times or a championship six times. You're right, it's okay. excusable. But Zelina, what has Zelina done? Other than lose to Bianca Belair one-on-one, who yeah. has disappeared again. All right, now that we got Roy's final rave, sorry about that. What was your guys' favorite show of the week before we get into honorable mentions? Mine, it's going to go to AEW, even though throughout, maybe not the best show. But uh, you can't top that that main event. And if the, the, the lower half has to suffer because we need a little more time to do something like that, that's okay from time to time. Um, honestly, like I said, everything was just mediocre to me this week. So I'm going to go just based off of what I have here is the most raves for the week. And it's going to be SmackDown on, on that end. But if I, to be honest with you, I, I couldn't pick a favorite because it just that's just how this week was for me with wrestling. So I think AEW had the best match with the main event, but I SmackDown was by far the most fun I had this week. Getting into our honorable mentions, Roy, what do you have for rants? Nothing on rants. I was actually surprised I was able to fill all three rounds. And uh, I think I you had the same situation, had right? Yep. All right. So the only two that I had left for this week, again, attacking NXT and some of the talent that they're Maybe trying to push, but I just don't care about. And that's Zia Lee. She doesn't want to show respect after the match. Who cares? No. <laughs> uh, and 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 I say that honestly. That's exactly what I said out loud when it happened. I said, "Who cares? I don't. I don't care about Zia Lee or any of this." And the last thing I had was the, the moment of the Miz being struck down in his underwear. It's supposed to be some embarrassing moment. It it just didn't. It didn't work for me. No. I've seen it before. Sometimes WWE tries. Their attempt at humor is just really childish sometimes. I'm like, I'm. But that's the thing. 
that was aimed towards the children. It you was. Know how many it kids was. Laughed at and that? I and like, I know and and I know that's a part of it. And you've brought that yeah that up in the past for watching with Kate, and you kind of realize that. Blake hates when Greg's kids enjoy wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I don't like when your kids enjoy wrestling. This week, my number one rant: kids had a good. It was definitely <laughs> it was definitely aimed at eight year olds and not a. Damn near thirty-two year old. Exactly. I just rolled my eyes. He said, "Damn near, bro." Just call yourself thirty-two, okay? It's it's, a, it's like it's five days, days away. away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about for raves, Roy? For raves, I got. I enjoyed, and you know what you're saying about the NXT stuff. I agree. Um, I'm trying to give it a chance, and I, I got to give it a chance. I watch it every damn week. I gotta <laughs> do something to to keep myself. I'll safe. be honest. I don't want to. If it wasn't for this podcast, I would have tuned out of NXT by now. So, Koshida is is an honorable mention, and so is Jake Atlas, because I do like that we're seeing a little bit of an uprising from some of the other guys. And believe it or not, the, the Killian Dane stuff worked for me this week. Is he still a jackass? Absolutely. Uh, and the, the constant back and forth with him is always annoying. But if I look at just this as an isolated thing, it was pretty entertaining. I like that he came down only to tell him, like, get back in the ring and be a man. Just end up punching him in the end anyway. I, I like that. Um, I enjoyed the setup for the tag match where Moxley was selecting his partners. And then he looks at the camera and says, Darby, I know you're watching. It makes it all feel so much more real. Same thing with the Taz breakdown of Ricky Starks. I really enjoyed that. And I think if they did stuff like that more often, you could really... There are some things that when we see on TV... We're kind of like, that probably didn't hurt. But sometimes I'll watch an interview or something like, oh, wow, they almost died from that. And I'm sitting here saying how it didn't even look like it hurt. So stuff like that, when they really they break it down, I think it does a lot for the wrestlers. Um, I, have a, I have a lot of honorable mentions. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Lacey Evans. Again, the back and forth with her is annoying. I was very annoyed when she came out and was doing her, her shtick from before because it just felt like with no explanation. Uh, again, this was another case where by the end of it, the, the wrestler kind of saved it. I think she forgot her line at one point. Then she started doing this stupid laugh. She said, ha, ha, ha. And I started laughing. I'm like, what was that? And then at the end, this is where it really got me. Because that, I was just like, I'm laughing at her. But by the end of it, I was laughing with her when she said, where's my purse? And she just kept screaming, where's my purse? It's right there on the steps beside her. I thought that was hilarious. Nikki, man, she really stood out for me this week, both in promo and wrestling. I saw uh, levels from her that I haven't seen previously. We talked about the Samoan family video. That was great. Bailey attacking Sasha was a rave for me because Sasha's promo was a rant. She was annoying the hell out of me. And when Bailey hit her in the back of the chair, I started cheering. I was so happy. Thank you, Bailey, for ending that. Uh, Jeff Hardy going for that ladder because instantly I knew what they were setting up and I just loved it. As soon as I saw the ladder, I was like, these three in a ladder match? Yes. This was it. They do this sort of thing a lot and it can usually be a little annoying just because of how predictable it is. But this had the opposite effect where as soon as I saw it, I was like, somebody get on that damn microphone and make this a ladder match. Um, almost done here. We got my last one is Otis backstage getting served. He said, what are we getting sure of? Some barbecue? Forget! And the way he snaps his neck back and forth every time, he he wants to do his own mind. He's like, oh. And then as soon as Tucky talks, he hurries up and snaps his head and looks back at him. It was, it was hilarious. I love that he said, we're getting served. And Tucker was like, no. And he's like, we're in trouble. He's, he's like, like, sorry, like, pal. Sorry, pal. You're in trouble. 
Greg, how about it you? It did flow really well. He's like, we getting a buffet? No. Oh. We getting a barbecue taco? That promo by Miz in the beginning, too, was so... I, I, was it Miz or Morrison? It was so messed up. Like, I love stuff like this because it's so real. When he's like, yeah, they want to do a lot more than smell that peach. I'm like, damn, like, if my Hi. girl just got switched to, like, another location for me or something like that, and somebody's out there saying stuff like that, I'm going to be enraged instantly. All right. Um, my list isn't as long. Uh, I'm going to go with... I enjoyed the the Street Profits versus Cesaro and Shinsuke. Um, I I did enjoy the Io Shirai and Shotzi Blackheart match. Uh, got a lot out of Shotzi, even though Welcome obviously she's the ball pit. I don't still don't understand that, but um, she looked really good in that match. So don't worry, you'll get another one. Yeah, uh, I loved Hangman versus Frankie Kazarian. That was uh, I just love Hangman in a single match. And Frankie's been around so long, he's just fun to watch, too. Can I say, I am the worst wrestling fan because I did enjoy the match, too. But my hatred for Kazarian made it so that I hated this match. Even though I love Hangman, I'm like, get out of the ring, <laughs> Kazarian. I didn't want to see it. Um, I enjoyed the NWA women's uh, title match on AEW. Um, they, I mean, other than those two in the parking lot, the rest of the show just didn't go for me. That's why I couldn't even pick it as my favorite. Um, and then lastly, again, Alexa Bliss hitting the the sister Abigail on uh, Lacey Evans this time. Staring into the rafters, walking away. Prior to this, um, she keeps getting asked what's going on. At one point, she snaps at Corey Graves and goes, you have a bad day at times. I don't call you out on it. And just the, the the different side of her and the changes, we say it each week, or we've been saying it each week. I'm so excited to see where this goes. I really hope they don't screw it up because right now it's been very interesting. Yes, yeah. things since wrestling. Every mention of the fiend is when she snaps into that trance. Yep. And I last week I noticed that she went into it when he had mentioned it. And I was like, is this going to be the thing? And then they did it this week for, to make me know for sure. Right, that's what it is. I, I love it. I, I had that as well. Uh, some other stuff that wasn't touched on that I had is Raves this week. The Street Profits defeating Cesaro and Nakamura. I felt like that was a solid tag team match. Is what I wanted to get out of that match. And honestly, the Street Profits getting the win probably makes the most sense. I do think they're the better tag team. And it didn't make me feel like Cesaro and Nakamura or any less of a tag team because of it. Felt like a really good match. Cedric Alexander defeating Ricochet was a rave for me as well. Ricochet sold the hell out of that lumbar check. That lumbar check is probably it was one a of my good match. Moves right now, and that ending turned it into a great match. Yeah. That was a hell of a sell from Ricochet. I'm loving that Cedric's on her business. The Young Bucks starting the show with a super kick to a ref. I thought that was different. It was so random. Um, they didn't say a word. They just, just came out, out yeah. spun around, kicked him, tossed a lot of cash to Tony Khan. Yep, yep. Uh, great stuff. I liked it. I also liked that FTR was trolling them. Afterwards, while they're out there getting ready to come out of the ring, they're kind of trolling them about the whole thing. Mm. Thought that was fun. Uh, NXT actually had some raves, surprisingly. Champa's enhancement match was a rant for me, but the attack backstage is actually a rave for me. And the reason being is because I felt like the, the Atlas stuff, I, I don't care about the Atlas stuff. It's just Champa is going to beat Atlas again. But now I know what's next after that, and that's Kyle O'Reilly. And I kind of liked it because... Again, it didn't feel like heel versus face. I don't really know where Kyle O'Reilly stands, and his comments didn't help me, and I liked that a lot. He he basically he he's like, hey man, like pretty much like, what the hell are you doing out here doing that? But then 
He's like, ah, you'll be all right. That's what he said to Atlas. He's like, ah, you'll be all right. Walk it off. So he didn't feel like he's some guy saving. He's kind of like, what the hell are you doing? But at the same time, I just I want to see that. He said, "What the hell, man? This is a parking lot." Yeah, it was it was it was a different way to set them up, and I liked it. Damian Priest retaining the North American Championship over Timothy Thatcher was a good match, in my opinion. I had fun with it. It was pretty much one on one to see between the two, and that's about it for me this week. So our results for the week in last place, NXT. In second place, Monday Night Raw. And your winner, Friday Night SmackDown. 